2024 is a year for more. God has got more for us. We are not living in the fullness of what God has for us. And God wants us to experience more of Him. He wants to increase our influence in our city. He wants to increase our influence as people of God. He wants to increase our impact. The way that we impact the city, the way that we impact people's lives. God wants to increase. And I hope that as you've been meeting in your life group, uh, if you're not in a life group, as we said, we would love to connect you. We'd love to help you to find your place. I uh, also want to welcome those of you that are watching us online. So welcome that you're with us, that you're tuning in. And uh, make sure that you tell us where you're watching from in the comment section. And some of you in the room here, yeah, you can tell some of your friends, hey, let me share it out with, the, with different people. We trust it will be a blessing to you. So we are continuing our journey. It's our second week that we are uh, coming together. And today we're going to be speaking about increasing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know the, the sound guys are sorting out the sound for a minute, so just give them a, a little bit of time. But um, as we do that, I, I want to encourage you. We've, we've got a reading plan that we've, got, that we've made available for you, that you could read the, the book of Acts with us every single day. There's a six-week kind of thing. You can catch that up as well. Obviously, it would be helpful for you now to work through that as well. And then... Also for us to see in this week, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 1 as well as Acts chapter 2 and some of the key things that are shared and has been shared there as well. So when we think about the power of the Holy Spirit and walking with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit isn't just some force, you know, if you're, if you're a Star Trek guy, the force be with you, you know. Um, he's not some like being, you know, some people would talk about the Holy Ghost when you hear Holy Ghost, you think, ooh, that's scary, you know? I remember ministering in Finland, um, in, in Europe, and, and as many of you know, the Europeans are, in general, are quite reserved types of people. And I remember when I'm, I taught on the Holy Spirit, some of the people's eyes went like this, because what they thought when I said being filled with the Holy Spirit was that somehow this thing is going to take hold of me and I'm going to change my personality. I'm going to become all weird and wild, and I'm going to say things and do things I don't want to do. So I don't want the Holy Spirit. It's scary stuff. And sometimes when we look at even people that speak into and teach into the life of the Holy Spirit and, and God's work in our lives through that, we can almost perceive or feel like, yo, that person is out there. And I don't feel like that's me. In actual fact, I feel afraid. I don't want that to be me. And I want you and I to, so when we think about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is, is not someone that's far away or distant, and also not someone that comes and takes control of us and we lose sort of control of our senses, but actually it is the indwelling of Jesus, His presence, His power in, at work in us. Jesus, before He ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit was poured out, could only be in one place at one time. Even when he was resurrected, in his resurrected body, you could move through walls, you could go places, but he could only be in one place at one time. But now with the Holy Spirit being poured out, friends, we can have Jesus' presence with us wherever we go. Whether I drive out to, you know, to Jubiton or Orkney, or I go to the far reaches of the world, I remember once making the Groot Trek out to Bethel Church in, in California, in Redding, California, and I was, I was expected, you know, it's, it, at one point, it's a few years, about 10, 15 years ago, that was like if you were, like Muslims go to Mecca, 
Christians went to Bethel. <laughs> it was the, the pilgrimage, you know. And I remember sitting and entering in their first, you know, church service. And I was like, I texted some of my friends immediately. I said to them, guys, I'm so relieved. The presence of God is the same at Bethel as it is everywhere else. <laughs> God's presence is available to you and I every single moment of the day. And today I want to speak to us about increasing in our in being able to walk in the the power that God has for us, the victorious power that God has has entrusted to us. I also want to speak to us about that walking with the Holy Spirit actually increases our capacity to worship. And many of us, I feel like we've got dry worship moments and dry experiences because we're not engaging with the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, I'm going to speak to us about growing in our capacity to pray. Some of you and some of me, I have those moments. I find myself running out of words and feeling like my prayer life is just not vibrant, as vibrant as I would want it to be. But the Holy Spirit helps and empowers us to increase in our capacity to do that. We are going to look at increasing in our capacity to know God. We want to know God. And that's really the point. Jesus poured out His Spirit. He said that the Holy Spirit would draw all men unto Him. He's come to glorify the Son and to empower us. So Luke chapter 24 verse 49 says, and behold, this is Jesus speaking, I am sending the promise of the Father upon you. But stay in the city until you, have, uh, you are clothed with the power from on high. And then Jesus gives his next commandment. But you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So the first thing I want to speak to us about is the fact that the, G the Holy Spirit empowers us to live victoriously in him. This is so important, friends. So much of my hang-ups, so, so many of my barriers and, and the things that keep me back it, is actually as a result of me not yielding myself to the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. If you're spending time in prayer and in God's Word, the Holy Spirit will inevitably highlight some things in your life that need to change. And if you and I are hard of hearing, we will not heed that voice. I was sharing with someone this week. It was a profound moment. You, you should have coffee with your Christian friends. It's really helpful. This, this friend helped me so much. He was asking me, what did you get from your fast this, this beginning of the year? And I said, one of the big things I experienced was I felt like God was setting me free from a whole bunch of unhelpful thought patterns and, and just things. And, and some of the stuff I realized, if I look back, at, they weren't that bad. They weren't wrong necessarily. But if I really looked at it, it was like God putting his finger on and saying, listen, what, why, why, why do you have this? This is something you're depending on that's not me. You're not, you're not depending on me fully. And this friend said to me, listen, isn't that how all of our relationships work? You know, when you, when you first caught your, your girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, they can do no wrong. And you overlook everything they say and do. Amen. If, if it's, uh, whether it's maybe they have, you know, a quirky thing they say or something they keep forgetting. You almost love those things about them. You're just like, oh man, I just love that. But hang around with that person for a little while longer and go into a deeper relationship and a covenantal space. Eventually, you come to a place where you're like, I don't know if anybody has ever told you. But this isn't helpful. But that's our relationship with God. We start off and we feel like God overlooks all my sins and all my things. But the deeper I go with Him, the Holy Spirit actually empowers me 
to live a victorious life where he begins to touch some things in my life and I go, but Lord, you've never, you never said anything. I feel a bit offended. How could you now all of a sudden say something about it? But God's like, no, I want to take you deeper. I want you to live in the more of what I have for you. And so many times, friends, we limit the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives because of that. And so Paul writes, he, he has this prayer for the church in Ephesus. I'd love to read it for you. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 to 18. It says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit, capital letter, of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, that is Jesus and the Holy Spirit, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which you have been called, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places. Friends, if Jesus was a man in the flesh, but he was filled, full of the Holy Spirit, and by that power of the Holy Spirit, he not only lived a sinless life, but he was also able to overcome sin and death and rise from the dead. That very same spirit that dwelt with Jesus is now living with inside of you and me. That is what Paul is saying. And he wants you and I, his prayer is, can your heart be enlightened? Can you open your heart and your mind to be able to see what God has revealed? We see that there is a spirit of wisdom. Friends, people that I know, that struggle with so many things, whether it's your finances, your relationships, your work life, uh, stewarding what God has given you. So much of that is hinge, hinges upon our ability to apply the knowledge we have. And the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom in how to be able to live in that way. So you and I need to ask, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should pray and ask God that we would freely give it to us by His Spirit. That is what a victorious life looks like. It helps, he helps us to grow in our knowledge of God, and we're going to look at that in a, in a minute. He also enlightens our eyes of our heart. Now, which I want to say to Paul, but Paul, my, eye, my heart doesn't have eyes. My head has eyes. But so, so many of us live our lives simply by what we can see. And God wants us to say, no, 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 let me not see with my mind, with my eyes but let me see with my heart. Let me see from the Spirit's perspective what God is doing. What is at work? I'm telling you, friends, I've experienced this when, when, when I've had conflict scenarios in relational issues. I would pray and I'd say, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Let me see with my spirit and let me not look with my eyes. Because when I look with my eyes, all I can see is the flesh and all sorts of realities that make sense to me. But when I see with my spirit, God gives me wisdom and insight. That is what walking with the spirit is about, friends. That is what God has empowered us to do. Can you and I begin to open the eyes of my heart, Lord? I want to see you. I want to see what you're doing. I don't want to see what I'm doing and what's happening in this world. Oh, look at the wars. Look at the famine. Look at the economic change. Look at the politics. Look at these things. No, 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 Lord. Let me see what you're doing and let me get on board with what you are revealing because that gives us an assurance. There is a hope and a peace and a joy that transcends all understanding when we're walking with the Holy Spirit in this way. I know that I know that I know that I'm saved. I've been set free and I've been empowered. 
Because that power, friends, when, when Paul says, I want you to know the power that was at work in Christ, that's a Greek word is dynamos. It's dynamic, dynamite power. And so often we think that walking in the Spirit is being able to see miracle signs and wonders, and therefore I'm walking in the power, which is the truth. It's, it is a expression of that. But friends, can I tell you, a more powerful thing is the fact that you and I can forgive someone that's hurt us and wronged us. That is true power at work. True power is the ability to come in and to say, you've wronged me, but I'm going to serve you. I'm laying down my life for you. I'm sacrificing for you. I'm doing the things that are so contrary to my spirit because the Holy Spirit helps me to bring my flesh and my life into submission to God. And so, friends, I want to encourage us because the point is the Holy Spirit wants us to become like Jesus, that when people look at our lives, they glorify God. As it says in John uh, chapter 16, verse 14 to 15, He will glorify me, that's Jesus speaking, for He will, speaking of the Holy Spirit, take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that He will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit empowers us, teaches us, gives us wisdom. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone His into our hearts, and to give us the light of knowledge of the glory of God uh, in the face of Jesus Christ. So friends, the Holy Spirit helps us to empower and empowers us to increase in this victorious life that God has empowered and, and has entrusted to us. The second thing the Holy Spirit increases in our lives is our capacity to worship. Now friends, worship is more than singing. I just want to tell you. And some of you, I, I notice, you know, I might be in the cage there, but I know how, what, you know, how many of you miss the worship. By the time we get to worship, it's like, oh, there's a lot of people here, but the first three, four songs, who's, who's in the room, you know? I'm just poking a little bit, smile on my face, lovingly saying, hey, let's get to church early that we can worship together. But worship is more than our singing. Worship is a lifestyle. It's an authentic expression of what God is doing in us. It's, it's revelation and response. God reveals something, and then you and I respond in an appropriate way. And I, I so appreciated the fact that God gave this promise that in just about every move of God in the world has always been accompanied by great and powerful expressions of worship. If you look at John Wesley, him and his brother, uh, John and Charles, Charles wrote thousands of hymns. They, there was a sense of God using music and worship and singing to help people to come to know God. The Welsh revivals, the, the outpouring of the charismatic movement through obviously groups and churches like Yilsong and, um, and others that have, have come through worship is a part of God pouring out His Spirit. But I want you and I to see that it should be a lifestyle for us. Not just something we were attending, but we we're actually living in. We see this in Acts chapter 15, where Paul, or the writer, or actually Luke, um, he is reminding by the Holy Spirit that God wanted, had made a promise that he wanted to restore what had happened in the tabernacle of David. What happened with the tabernacle of David? David built this tabernacle. Eventually, Solomon after him built an actual temple. But he set into place, if you go and read Chronicles, um, it's, it's a beautiful account. I mean, some of those things are like there's a lot of details there. But if you look there, especially in Chronicles chapter 25, we see how 
orderly worship is put in place. And there's musicians and there's rosters and there's all sorts of stuff happening. And do you know that tw for 24 hours a day, they worship? 24 hours a day. Someone once uh, arranged that in their church and in their ministry. And people came from all over the world and they asked them, why are you doing this? Why are you worshiping 24 hours a day? Don't these guys get tired? Give them a break, you know? And his response was, he is worthy. That's why we're doing it. He is worthy of our worship. And so in Acts chapter 15, Luke writes, he says, And after this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. And I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it. And, I will, uh, and the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known to you from old. So what happened in the tabernacle of David, God now wants to restore to us. His presence, his power being poured out amongst us at all, all times. I love what Louis Giglio says. He says, true worship is when our whole life becomes a declaration of trust and adoration, not just our songs. And friends, I want to remind you, Acts chapter 2, verse 46 to 47, it says, and this is what disciples, we were talking about discipleship last week. What do disciples, followers of Jesus, who are making followers of Jesus, people that are devoted to him. This is what their life looked like. I want to ask you, does your life look like this one? You can answer it for yourself. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved, friends. Disciples... Devote themselves daily to prayer and worship. They also gather together in temple courts, which is what we're doing right now, but they also gather together in house to house, breaking bread, having fellowship with one another. Friends, if you are not connecting in those two spaces, then you're missing out on the fullness of what God wants to do in and through your life. If we want to see God transform our city, if we want to see people saved day by day, being added to the body of Christ, then we need to be get to prioritize these expressions and these moments. And as you've noticed for us as a church, friends, we don't, we don't call you to church and worship every single day. Like this is the only place you can worship. But we want to encourage you to prioritize the moments that are available so that when we come together, we become more like Jesus. Um, Matt Redmond says, worship is not an event. It's a lifestyle. I want to ask you, when... Oh, what does your worship look like? If someone had to follow you for a week and observe your life, what would be the conclusion they would come to? What would they say? This is what you value. This is what's really important to you. For one week, seven days. Maybe if you took it for a month, what does a month look like? For many of us, you know, it's one, two, skip a few. We try and go through, oh, life's busy. But friends, I've realized unless I have a priority in my personal life, if, unless I have a priority to come corporately together, then the glory that God wants to reveal through His church is diminished. And I want to encourage us to, you know, to embrace that. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit increases our capacity to pray. Friends, this is a powerful, powerful thing. When you and I are baptized, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it says in, in, in the book of Acts 
as the Holy Spirit was poured out, they began to pray and glorify God in all sorts of tongues. They were speaking to God and proclaiming to others the goodness of God. That is what prayer is, friends. Friends, is not, prayer is not a formula. Prayer is not a process. Prayer is even, is, isn't any, any way of, of unlocking certain aspects, but there is a, the reality for us that disciples of Jesus pray. And I realize, friends, I know for many of us, it can feel a bit uncertain. You know, have you ever thought about when you teach a child how to ride a bicycle? What happens with that child? A, a good parent. You know, some parents, some of you are like, yeah, I like, gave him, go, enjoy. Uh, hope you enjoy it. <laughs> oh, I broke my leg. Oh, it's okay. Sorry, sorry. No, a good dad holds the seat. And it's actually, for the most part, you're like running around trying to <laughs> stay there. And the kid is thinking, yes, check out, this thing's going. This is like, hey. Eventually, the child gets the balance and gets a feel for things. And it begins to ride the bike by themselves. Often our prayer life is a little bit like that, friends. You and I need to believe and know that God's not expecting you to be able to pray for hours and hours and hours, as some people can do. And I think it's really helpful and good that they can do. But God just wants you to start and to trust Him. So when you say, Lord, I don't know what to pray, then you say, Lord, well, let me pray the Psalms. I'll read a psalm and I'll pray the psalm. Lord, I'm going to make a list of people I'm going to pray for. And I'll, um, I just have a, Lord, bless them today. Bless Susan and Peter and Tabojo and Rachel. Let me, let me bless, just praying those blessings. Just small things, friends. You will find that as you spend time, as you prioritize it, that your capacity will increase. Just like the child begins to find his way, God is going to help you and I, by his spirit, to pray continuously. Every single moment of the day. You know, there are moments to pray every single day. I sit in my car. I learned this from Peter Rasmussen. If I'm about to go into a meeting, whether it's a, a good meeting, a difficult meeting, a, a, just a social meeting, whatever it is, I'm always just a moment, a minute in the car. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. I pray for wisdom. pray for insight. I need to pray for grace. Help me and empower me. And you and I, that's not long. I didn't have to spray anointing oil everywhere, walk around the, the building seven times. Now the Lord has come. No, I've just engaged with God. And I want to encourage us to do that in an increasing measure. Ian Bounds says the following, Prayer should not be regarded as a duty which must be performed, but rather as a privilege to be enjoyed. A rare delight that is always revealing some new beauty. When you and I just take some time, Lord, help me to hear your voice. Help me to commune with you. Help me to get to know your voice. Romans chapter 8 says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. If you're weak in praying, the Holy Spirit helps you in your weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. My friends, I want to encourage you, if you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit and received the, the gift of praying in tongues, it's a, it's a gift. I want to encourage you. We're going to have a moment where we can pray for you. I want to ask God to fill you and give you that gift. God is, is a good father. He doesn't withhold gifts. He wants to give gifts to his children. And so often, I don't know what to pray. 
And then I'm just praying in the Spirit. I'm allowing God to intercede for me and with me. Again, Ian Bound says, God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be. So if you're looking at the news and you're concerned, pray. Don't send the text and WhatsApp text or check the link, check this thing. Oh, I can't believe it. You said this, you said that. No, no, no. Pray. Pray. Instead of moaning with your friends about, oh, did you check the state of the nation and the president said this and this is happening and I'm struggling with this or I'm excited about that. Instead of talking about those things, can we pray? Let's pray. Take hands right now. Agree. Because Jesus says we're two or more are together and they agree on something then God will do it. And I believe God wants us to increase in our capacity to do that. So I want to ask you, friends. Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter 21, verse 30, he says, he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The context of that is Jesus came into the temple. They were using, the, they were actually creating a barrier. The Gentiles could not enter into the, 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 the temple. But there was this court that was actually reserved for them that, that they could actually pray. But they used that space to, to change money and to sell stuff for people to sacrifice. There was a barrier. And then Jesus turned those tables around and said, no, 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 no. My house will not be made something that is a commodity. This is not prayer and worship. is not an exchange. I do this and then I get that. Prayer and worship is for the glory of God. And God wants all nations, every tribe, every tongue to be able to be united together. And friends, if we're coming together as a church and we're not prioritizing prayer, then we're missing something. And I believe even last year, God really spoke to us clearly about re-digging re and reopening our well of our Tuesday night prayer meeting, corporate prayer meeting, coming together. And I know there's so many of us here, and what we've done is, and this is how it works if you were wondering, our prayer meeting is at 6.30 every single Tuesday. We meet together in our coffee shop area. We have got, as you heard earlier, we've got some communities, which are made up of five to seven light groups that come together once a month, at least once a month. You can come and pray with your community. You can come and pray every week, but I would love for you to pray at least once a month with us and at least be in a light group and not skip those two things. Do both of them. But we are wanting to contend for our prayer moments. We also have prayer that happens before the celebration. We've got teams of people that are praying. Don't you want to join the prayer time? They, they come into this door over here every single morning from about 9 o'clock, 10 to 9. There's a team of people praying. Come and pray with us. Pray together with us. We also have a, a team of people that some of you might feel like, yo, I really just have a burden for intercessory prayer, and I want to pray even more. Thursday nights, 6 o'clock, here at our building, there's a team of people that are praying together. We need to be a praying church, friends, corporately together. But it starts with you and I praying personally. Spending time in prayer for ourselves and what God is speaking to us. Maybe even taking some time. I know it's awkward. I can tell you. I've had, that. I've had to go through that with my wife. I'm the pastor, and it's not easy for us. COVID helped me a lot because I was like, I've got time. We're not going anywhere. So what we started doing is family prayer time. At night before, everyone goes to bed. We pray with our children. In the morning, breakfast time, it's 30 minutes. Everyone's eating. Let's pray. We're praying together. And then, you know, when your children are young, they, they have their little rhyme that they give. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for today. Give us a bless us, you know, do the whole thing. But eventually, I've seen it now. Faithfully doing this now for four or five years. Seeing the power of how my children are developing a personal relationship with Jesus. Because I've just created a platform, an opportunity to pray. Friends, let's be a praying church, asking the Holy Spirit to increase our capacity to pray. Lastly, friends, that the Holy Spirit does empower us to increase in our ability or capacity to know God. God wants us to know Him. And you know, friends, we only really get to know Him by the Holy Spirit. We know we get to know Him by His Word, but unless the Holy Spirit quickens the Word in our hearts and shows us what God really wants us to know and what He wants us to address in our lives, this is just a book I just want to tell you. It's just some words on a piece of paper, but read under the inspiration and the guidance and the leadership of the Holy Spirit in the context of a fellowship together. We are all pursuing, wanting to know God. The Holy Spirit working in me, encouraging. The Holy Spirit working in you, you encouraging. You bring what, you, what God's saying to you, what God's revealing to you. That's why in our light groups, we don't sit together and we do a course, watch a video. Oh, cool, nice course. We open the word together and say, Holy Spirit, come and show us what it is you want us to know and what, what you want to reveal. God wants us to know him. A.W. Tozer says, um, actually before that, uh, I love this story. I heard about an, an old... An older gentleman, an elder, shall we say, that would sit daily in the park uh, of the city. And people would come to him on a regular basis and, and just speak to him. And, he, and he, would have, he would be such a wealth of wisdom and understanding, especially in the things of God. And someone asked him one day, you know, how, how did you come to know all of these things? And this was his reply. He said, I have spent my life listening to the whispers of the Holy Spirit. He has been my teacher, revealing the mysteries of God's love and grace. Are you allowing God's, the Holy Spirit's whispers in your life, creating space and time in your life to hear from Him? As A.W. Tozer says, the Holy Spirit is the key to the knowledge of God. Without Him, we are spiritually blind. We're trying to find our way. We need the Holy Spirit's empowering. And so, in Corinthians, Paul writes, he says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows the person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. If you want to know God, you need the Holy Spirit to show it to you. Now we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit of God who is from God that we might understand the things freely given by God. I want you to hear this, friends. Freely given by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 says that we walk by faith. It's by faith that we receive. It's faith that pleases God. We, we do not attain anything by more knowledge. Yes, we should find ourselves in learning places, but we should be learning more, greater awareness of what God is wanting to reveal and so, friends, I want to encourage you and I to live in that place, to commune with God, to get to know Him better. You know, if someone phones you that you know their, their voice, you know who it is on the other line. But when you don't know the voice, it takes you a while. Oh, yes, there it is. Sometimes that's how our walk with God is. We want to know Him, but we don't know Him that well. He's speaking to us all the time, 
but we're just not hearing. And we, God wants us to increase in that ability. Billy Graham said, the Holy Spirit illuminates the minds of people, makes us yearn for God, and takes spiritual truth and makes it understandable to us. Friends, that's the beauty of our walk with the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. And I want to pray for us today that we would increase by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would live a victorious life, that as the wisdom and the knowledge of God is shed abroad in our hearts, as we are revealed, as the Holy Spirit reveals to us some of the adjustments we need to make, that we would have the courage and the wisdom to make those changes, that we would live for God's glory, that we would increase in our capacity and placing ourselves in a place of worship on a regular basis and an ongoing basis, that our lives would be a fragrant offering of worship to Jesus, that we would increase in our prayer life, friends, prioritizing times of prayer, personally, in our families, as well as in our corporate gatherings. And lastly, friends, that we would, as a church, at the end of this year, this is my prayer, this is why increase is our theme for the year. By the end of this year, I'm praying for you that you would have increased in your experience of the Holy Spirit, increased in your knowledge and love for Jesus, increased in just the, the, the reality of the Father who loves you and has welcomed you into his family, that you and I would experience more and more of that with him. I'm going to take a moment to pray for us as the music team comes up. Friends, I want to, I want to encourage all of us. As I've been speaking, I'm sure many of us have had so many uh, moments and even some things that you feel God's highlighted to you. You feel like, oh man, that's an adjustment I need to make. I need to change this or I want to I increase. Well, thank you, Lord, for, for, for revealing this to me. And this is something that I'm living in. But friends, the early church throughout the book of Acts would have these prayers. Holy Spirit, empower us. Pour out your spirit. And thank you, Lord, that you do not discriminate. You don't discriminate Towards age, gender, race, culture, socioeconomic, financial situation. But everyone that would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus would be saved, would be filled, would receive your Holy Spirit. Because none and no one can say Jesus Christ is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. And for some of you, I feel like right now, even as I'm praying, you've been feeling like you don't have the Holy Spirit. But if you have committed your life to Jesus... You have the Spirit because you can only do that and receive Him and believe in Him by the Spirit. So let's just settle that in your heart right now. I just pray, Lord, even as I stretch out my hands, I pray, Lord, that you would so come and bring just a a tangible sense even right now over our hearts and our lives that we would be filled again with your Spirit that your word and your power and your presence would be so full, we would be so filled with it, that we would, would not leave you the same, Lord, that we would be transformed by your life, by your power and by your presence. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill us, Lord. Fill your people, Lord, to overflowing. Some of you right now, even there where you're sitting, you're feeling like there's something you want to, you just want to pray. Maybe just in your own words in your own way. Let's pray. Let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. Fill us again, Holy Spirit. We worship you, Jesus. We glorify you, Lord. You are worthy and you are good. And you are the giver of good gifts, Lord. I pray for those that have been walking 
for many years without you, but without the tangible sense of your spirit. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that there would be even a manifestation of that, a, 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 a seal of, of you being placed on people, a confidence to walk in more of what you have for each of us, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, and come and do a powerful work in us, Lord.